When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield, live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on Harvey Road in College Station, welcome to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G, brought to you by Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Visit Rudy's.com to find real Texas barbecue near you. The Pool Guy, a proud corporate partner of Texas A&M Athletics. And by St. Joseph Health, your primary partner for primary care and the official health care provider of Texas A&M Athletics. Now, the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Texas A&M head coach G. Guerrero. I'm David Ellis, and uh, alongside is the aforementioned G. Guerrero. In his 30th year at Texas A&M, I hadn't said that in a while, and third nationally all-time in among active coaches in career victories. And I've got to tell you, if you're out and about driving around here in College Station, you know what time it is. It's just a few seconds after 6 o'clock, which means it's dinner time, which means it's you're hungry. And all these folks here at Rudy's Barbecue have been slaving all day just to satisfy those hunger pains that you have right about right now. So come on by. They've got pork ribs. They've got beef brisket, pulled pork, baby back ribs are really good. And it's getting very close to the... To the uh, time for uh 
the green chili stew that they have. And I've got to tell you, the first time it gets a little bit cool, come by Rudy's Barbecue and get you some green chili stew. You thank me later. Well, gee, uh, not an altogether bad week. Texas A&M and LSU hook up Thursday night. This, if there was, you know, a lot of times as Aggies we say we ran out of time, right? 2-2 against LSU. If there was ever a time when the Aggies just ran out of time, it was against LSU. We were on the front foot there at the end, and I knew we were going to pull it out. Somehow we didn't, but then went over to Ole Miss and did pull it out against the 20th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, I mean, we're on a really nice streak right now, uh, unbeaten in our last three. Um, October's been a good month for us. Yes, as, it has. As, as we stand right now. And I was I was really pleased with, with the performance of the team in, in both games. And, you know, in both situations, I mean, some gut-wrenching um, situations that happened to us with, um, you know, first off, in the LSU game, we get off to a great start. Uh, Miley Hayes scores a super... Uh, one touch finish to put us up one nothing, and then Sid Becerra, I mean, almost you know, fakes a girl out of her shoes, and then puts a ball into the upper upper corner of the goal against uh, LSU to put us up two nothing. They score one before the half, and then uh, they're they're gifted a penalty kick in the um, you know in the uh, in the early moments of the second half. Right. And really, uh, at that time, I mean, LSU was kind of getting themselves into the game and. And for about a about a ten minute spell there in the start of the of the second half, I mean they were they had their foot on the gas and we were just trying to kind of keep things keep things in place. But as that that second half went on, it became more and more uh, the, the the ball of momentum turned in our favor. And I, like I said, I, I really think that you know had we had we gone to overtime, the game would have would have been ours. Um, I'm sure the LSU thinks the same thing. But it yes, was, but the uh, difference is they would be wrong. But it was. But nonetheless, um, we said before that game that it would be a good game for, for the neutral, for someone yeah. that, that really yeah. just didn't know much about either of the teams, but was a, a a fan of the game. And because there are there are a lot of, in it's college soccer. There are a lot of um, you know beautiful moments, but there's a lot of you know ugly moments as well, and gimmicky gimmicky teams and things that do different things. And I heard us us described as a romantic football team. Um, in our style of playing romantic football, and I, I kind of agree with that. I think that we do want the game to be beautiful. We want the game to be enjoyable. We want, we want to be a, a, the kind of game that you would want to come out and play instead of just like, no, don't worry about that because you're not good enough to pass the ball four times. Just bash it long. Um, you know, we've, we want players to express themselves, to, to feel good about themselves. And I know that Sean over at LSU really feels the same way. So you those two teams on the on the field against each other, and I think that even though we walked away with our first point finally in the SEC after a lot of bad luck, and uh, I thought the momentum was clearly going in, in our way. So we go over to Oxford and uh, you know set ourselves up to do some really really uh, good stuff. And I thought the first half, you know, we had a lot of the play. Um, we put ourselves in in pretty good position. We dealt with some kind of not great things defensively. We gave away too many restarts right, uh, for right. them, which is what they really enjoy doing. Um, but then the second half again, it was really turned on. Great goal set up by Miley Hayes going down the right flank, zips the ball across the face of goal to uh, Laney Carroll. Laney Carroll, who loves playing at, in Oxford, who has just torn yeah. them up every time she's, she's been there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was kidding her after the game because uh, – our SID, Thomas Dick, who does color now, mm-hmm. he was talking about, you know, we're going to change uh, Dylan Rock uh, when 
when Aggie baseball played Ole Miss over there uh, in the spring, he hit a couple of home runs, and they started calling him the mayor of Oxford. And so <laughs> after her, now two goals and two, two trips into Oxford, I told her uh, on the plane that we were going to have to start. In fact, Thomas came up with it and said, we're going to have to start calling her the mayor of yeah, Oxford. or at least the city manager or something, something along like those that. lines. Yeah, because absolutely. She, she was well. She was outstanding. She came off the bench this, this game, played as a, as a wide player, and really did a great job. Then, you know, so we're, we're up one nothing. We're kind of cruising, doing well. Ole Miss is, is pressing at the end, and with five minutes left to go in the game, they're, uh, they're giving a penalty kick. So it was like, you know, a little bit like the, the um, LSU game four, or three days earlier. So we're like, okay, here we go. Right, um, right. So now it's, it's tied one-to-one. And if anyone had any doubt, it wasn't, there was no doubt with our players on the field because I don't think, I don't think Ole Miss crossed the halfway line after that, that kickoff that we had yeah. with five minutes to go. We scored two minutes later, and then um, and then our, our girls did a really good job of uh, of kind of you know taking the air out of the ball at the end of the game and and uh, walking away with a, another two one victory. So I've got a comment and a question here that I've got to, I've got to get to that's pertinent to this particular deal. But I, my comment is is that you're right. We have had some bad luck this year. I mean, we really have, and it would have been so easy after giving up that PK uh, late in the game on what I thought was a very questionable call. I thought the player jumped back into Carlina, but that's just my opinion. Nonetheless. Oh, yeah, but but, Car- but Carlina, Carlina, you know, it, she came across and it was a forearm that hit her in the back of the head, and, and the referee's always going to call that. Yeah, well, uh, again, my maroon-colored glasses. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, uh, it, it would have been so easy to just go, oh, gosh, here we go again. But there was none of that. I mean, none of it. No. I mean, you're I think right. a year ago it would have been um, when this team was a year younger, but this team has grown up a lot. And yeah. they, you could see the maturity in them. You could see the belief that they have in themselves. And uh, the girls are talking about today that uh, Miley, right before the, uh, the free kick, that Mia, who's on the show here in a few minutes, before Mia hit the free kick, you know, there's kind of a little bit of a, a bunching there uh, outside the penalty area. Right. And Miley was like, you know, we've got to believe, we got to believe, you know, kind of slaps her hand. And then. Uh, Goes and scores the winner four Absolutely. seconds later. Absolutely. Uh, so I got a question here. Did you enjoy the circus music? Now, every time Ole Miss <laughs> had a throw in in their attacking half, they would play this circus music. I didn't know that I was I was partly responsible for this. I no, know. I didn't. I didn't have know you, you were seen the television broadcast of this game. No, I haven't. So watched I it guess yet. I guess at the end of the LSU game, um, I made a comment that. You know, we were going to play a good LSU team, and they they were they rely a lot on long throwings. Oh, good Ole Miss team. And, sorry, Ole Miss. Uh, they rely a lot on uh, on long throwings and uh, corner kicks and other circus tricks and stuff like this. So it was the circus stuff that all of a sudden we get there and they had the circus music ready for us. Well, so I, I became you know a prophet. It was it was yeah. I, I felt I felt pretty uh, pretty proud of myself yeah. to have called that out. And I, I thought it was fun. I, I thought it, I thought it was it was it was kind of fun the way it went. The girls looked at me like, "Wow, it really is like a circus, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> so there was a question here for me. Uh, it says, "What did you do to get Coach Mott so upset that he got a yellow card?" I I have no idea what I did. I don't think I did anything at all. I'm not aware of anything that I did. He couldn't have possibly heard me. Besides, I like Matt Mott. 
He's no, a Matt's, great guy. Matt's a really, he's a really friendly guy. He really is. He's, he's fun he's, to watch when he gets angry. But he's a good but, guy. Yeah, well, he was he was angry at the referee, and and I like turned to the the fourth official. Is like you know he's he's right, Matt. That is, you uh-huh. know, he's, he's right. That what what happened was there was a we, they were uh, we were called offside down at the in the exact corner, the farthest corner from the goal we were defending, and uh, so they got they got out, and uh, the referee. Instead of letting them break out and go on this counterattack to try to attack the goal with less than a minute to go in the game, he decided to give them a free kick back on the uh, yes, yes. about two yards from the end line. And so that's where Matt's, poor, poor Matt's head exploded at that, <laughs> yes, at that point. It did. So. It did. All right. By the way, I should have you caught on, I'm sure, but if I failed to mention that on the tables are pencils and cards. If you've got a question you want to ask Coach G or uh, either, uh, either one of our players that we're going to have up here, uh, feel free to fill it out, fill it out, bring it up here, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can't uh, ask them. So we had a question here about mm-hmm. high kicking. Okay, uh, in youth soccer, which, of, which of course is, is a dangerous play. Yes, it, called, it's it's dangerous play, <laughs> um, and it gets called a lot, or periodically, particularly in youth soccer. You don't see it called so much in college soccer, do you? Is it come, no, or or in professional soccer? No, yeah. you don't. Is it just because they don't call it, or because people don't do it? Um, I think uh, I, I think it's rare that people do it because you know a lot of times a, a dangerous play is someone who doesn't want to head the ball and so they put their foot up about you know about neck high and that's dangerous and so that's why that's why the call is often made. Right. Whereas you know a, an accomplished player is going to just go ahead and take a, two yeah. steps and head the ball, but it it, there, it is called and uh, on occasion I, I can't remember the last time it was called you know against us. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, and I have an announcement tonight, uh, today, by the way, sure. to make. Uh, I am very happy to, to announce <coughs> that um, at the LSU game, that is the last time that I think that I'm going to have to pronounce Wasilla Duara Swole. Well, there's still the SEC tournament potential. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> See, you just really, sorry. I've been having a good sorry, I didn't mean to bring you down. <laughs> I didn't really mean to bring you down. Good day <laughs> until you said that. Well, right, right now, okay. we, we still okay. have to get to the, we still have to get to the SEC uh, yeah, tournament. Exactly. Put it exactly. That way. All right. Well, so much for that. Okay. Um, all right. So, what happened to get, uh, another question, what happened to get Miley so open before the first goal? The TV picture just showed uh, the Ole Miss bench complaining about Kate Colvin. Do you remember? What happened? I mean, Colvin played the ball to Miley, right? Uh, yeah, so took a quick throw in. The yeah. ball, ball went out of bounds, and uh, Mr. their uh, number 15 and Kate were kind of just going shoulder to shoulder, and momentum went over. Mr. Mister uh, stayed on the ground, uh, and then Kate picked up the ball, threw the ball in, and then it was basically quickly passed down to Miley. Miley, Miley who's our center forward, made an inside of the field towards the corner flag, kind of a corner route, I guess. Is, a, is that what you call that, or a flag route yeah, right. in uh, uh-huh. football? Mm-hmm. She made that type of run, and the ball was played into the space, in, you know, in, in behind their outside back. So great little run by, by Miley, and then Miley's going down the touchline, takes a nice little turn to get her hips, hips around, and then just smashes the ball across the face of goal about six yards out, which is too far for their All-American goalkeeper to come and get. And uh, Laney was... Laney was, you could see Laney screaming from about the last 25 yards, you know, right. to get it to her. Right. And without breaking stride, just 
smashed it into the back of the net. So I wanted you to talk about. Uh, they have some pretty cool nets too. I like I like the I like the netting that they have because it hit and it bounced and it went all over the place. It right. was very dramatic the way. I wish did. we could get those nets that that are like the, the box have nets. The, yeah, the box nets. Yeah. You know, I guess it's because we just don't have that much room, right, to really do that. Yeah, and we don't and we don't want. You know, if you looked at their goal mouth, their goal mouth is really is really beat up. They've already yes. had to resod it at right. least once this season. And we don't want to do that. So our, our goals are portable, so our goals move out of the way. That way the goals are not always in the same place so you don't dig a trench. Or, you know, the, the, most, the, the best analogy is if you've ever seen a uh, lacrosse field where they put the lacrosse goal, the crease where they put the lacrosse right. goal. And I guess they're not allowed to practice anywhere but there. They can't move that goal anywhere else to save that grass. Well, we, we, like, we like our grass to be pristine at Ellis Field, and so – we move our goal around in training, and we, we adjust our field so that the goal mouth stays stays nice and pristine. Got it, and it certainly does. That's for sure. I wanted to ask you right before we go to break. You guys made a change a little bit in the shape, right? Mm-hmm. And and with with uh, Miley running up top by herself, and then kind of two sort of, for lack of a better phrase, attacking mids in the mm-hmm. sense of 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 Carissa Beckman and uh, Sid Becerra. And I mean that. Just from a layman's, just a fan watching the game, I'm going. I really like this. this well, it plays. Uh, we we did we any move that we make, any adjustment that we make is always made to um, take advantage of the strengths of our players. It's it's, you know, we we changed from a three and three in the back to four in the back just to kind of make it easier on our players from a defensive responsibilities and give us just a little bit more more numbers behind the ball all the time. And that's worked out really well. Our, our goals have it's, – it's become very, very difficult to score against us. Um, the moves here is because we, we had it to where Sid and Carissa were kind of tag-teaming in that one role because we had, we had two holding midfielders. Well, when um, Carolyn Calzada had to go out, Quinn Cornog was, was a, has been a, a terrific player who stepped back into that defensive role. Now we have a very good – another very good possession player on the back line – and then Georgia Lebb, a freshman, has stepped into her role. But then we had just last week uh, Taylor Pounds had to have surgery, right. um, which has ended her season. So we're like, okay, well, now we get a chance to, you know, let's go ahead and see if we can get uh, Sid and uh, Carissa on the same line. And it's, it, it's proved to be, now that's a, a freshman, a freshman, and a sophomore as, the, as our wheelhouse in the middle of our, the, the kind of the, the workhorses in the middle of the field. Right. And they're doing fantastic. They definitely, they're, they're doing they fantastic. definitely, definitely are. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back with one of uh, our favorite parts of the show where we have an opportunity to visit with a couple of our soccer players. And uh, today it is uh, Mia Pante and Bella Lister, and they're going to come up here right after the commercial break. But before we do anything else, I want to remind you to check on, uh, come on out by Rudy's Barbecue, get you some of that great Texas barbecue. We'll be right back right after this. We are back at Rudy's Barbecue on Harvey Road. It's the Aggie Soccer Hour with Texas A&M head coach G. Guerrero. I'm David Ellis. Coach G is down here on the far end. On my left is uh, sophomore midfielder Mia Pante. She wears number 13 out there on the uh, on the uh, field. She is often 
the one who is causing the other team to either pick the ball out of the net or just played an assist to somebody who scored and the other team is having to take the ball out of the net. And then on my right, a new freshman at Texas A&M who you haven't had an opportunity to meet yet, but you're going to. Her name is Bella Lister. So welcome, Bella. And now the other thing, of course, uh, we start doing, you know, it's Bella's first time on the show, so she's going to read the Rudy's Reader here. And so this is kind of like your broadcasting debut, okay? okay. So I'm going to count you in, and then you do the Rudy's uh, Barbecue Reader, okay? Okay, ready. All right, three, two, one, and go, Bella. Rudy's is a proud sponsor of Texas A&M Soccer. Be sure to stop by your local Rudy's or Rudy's.com for some real Texas barbecue. Enjoy 100% oak-spoked meats, delicious sides, and Rudy's signature sauce. Don't forget, Rudy serves breakfast tacos every day until 10 a.m. There you go. Wow. All right. Outstanding job. So it's the same English that they have in Canada then, right? Just a little bit, you know. <laughs> a, okay, bit. I got a question for both of y'all. Well, first off, some yeah. people know. So both of these young ladies are Canadians. They're both right. from British Columbia. Uh Mia comes from North Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, and uh, Bella comes from Victoria, so Victoria Island uh, in uh, also British Columbia, and they both played with the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, Rex program, which is uh, a very, very, very elite um, residency program run by the Vancouver Whitecaps MLS Club and is a feeding ground to uh, the Canadian youth national teams and full national teams. Oftentimes, the full national team will share the facilities that these young ladies uh, grew up playing with. So they've known each other for, for a while, um, played with and against each other this summer, but uh, we are really, really, we are so lucky to have these two. And it, people always talk about how, you know, the Canadians are really nice people. Well, these are the two, two of the best examples to show that because they are absolutely the nicest people like until you they cross the line they're the nicest people you'll ever want to meet <laughs> and that's the kind we want until exactly. they cross the line all right i didn't well, yesterday was canadian thanksgiving is that it right was. oh yeah yeah i didn't know y'all had a thanksgiving come on <laughs> no seriously <laughs> well, why don't you do it early then I we, uh, maybe we do it late no yeah. no we, no <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so do y'all i mean is it like it's is it always like on a monday like ours is always on Thursday? Um, I think it switches up every I year. I don't know. I actually have no idea. We don't take it as seriously, I feel like, as American Thanksgiving. You have turkey and dressing? Yeah, we have like a family dinner. Oh, like okay. donuts and Molson, mostly. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no. We just don't okay. get like a whole week off school. Or oh. like, it's yeah. not as big as a holiday as it, here, as it is here. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, I asked you this beforehand, a question so you could think about it. And I said, and so, all right. Canadians are weird because blank. What, Mia? <laughs> well, I feel like I get made fun of a lot for the way I say certain words just because, I don't know, but I'll give you a few examples. So I'll call a garbage uh, garbage disposal, uh -huh. a garburator, um, a pacifier, a soother. I have them all because every time I say something, they call me out on it. I say pardon a lot. Pardon, A. I didn't a. realize what you said A as often as I did until yeah. people started calling me out for saying A. I feel like you say it more than me. I feel like I I've feel lost like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are other things? I don't really know. Uh, washroom. I asked, um, I, I forget where I was, and I asked an employee for where the washroom was, and he kind of yeah. like looked at me for a second, and I was like, sorry, restroom? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Took him a second. Okay. All right. Um, so why do y'all have 
12 people on the field in a football game. We don't, I don't even watch the CFL. You don't? No. What about hockey? Okay, um, hockey, yeah. hockey, watch a little yeah. bit okay. more, but CFL, okay. not you, no, so much. No, no, nobody watches CFL. What are you, so, I couldn't so, even tell you the teams in the CFL, I feel <laughs> like. I only know the BC Lions, and that's about it. That's about it. That's all. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so the, when they kick the ball into the, into the uh, huge, gigantic end zones in Canadian football, and you mm. get one point, what is that called? You don't know. Touchdown? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Football is not as big in we got, Canada. TD, we got work to do. <laughs> we were talking over questions, and he and I were—he and I came up with—I think it's rouge. I think that's what they call it. I, I think that's what no they call idea. the one point. Is a rouge. Right question. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, never mind then. Okay. So I, I've got to—I've got to ask you. Oh, the other thing that's big. You were talking about temperature. All your temperatures oh, yeah. are Celsius, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to do the conversion in your head. Didn't you just love the heat when you came down here? It was it was a surprise, let me tell you. I was not prepared. I know G was telling me beforehand, like, oh, you know, you're going to have to drink lots of water before you come down here, like, a few weeks beforehand. Oh. I I really should have listened a little more. Oh. It was hot. Oh. It was not okay. Oh. It was, like, <laughs> 45 degrees. It was not okay. It was yeah. so hot. Yeah, but Januarys are pretty good. This oh. is, like, good temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. All right, so you guys... Uh, and, you know, next time, I really messed this up. Uh, next time, uh, when y'all are on next year, we're going to get you two guys back on together, and we're going to get Anderson Williams on together. I mean, we had her on last week. I don't know what I was thinking. We could have had all three Canadians on here at the same time, and then we could have just, you know, got, got it sponsored by the, you know, the... the uh, Vancouver Chamber of Commerce or something, <laughs> and to underwrite the well, entire show. Well, Anderson is from is from Calgary, so it's yeah, well, well, different. But maybe per, those perhaps are just, those are just perhaps detail. the uh, the Canadian consulate. Yes, would absolutely. Happen, you know, into that absolutely. So, I wanted to ask you. I mean, what was your first time to come down here to visit Texas A and M? Um, we'll start with you, Bella. Tell us about what that was like. What your impression was? I was amazed by just the size of Texas A&M. I'd never seen a school this big with so much school population and how amazing the facilities were here. It is absolutely amazing coming down here for the first time. It was super cool. Like even our, the, the place where we eat food every day, Slocum is this massive like cafeteria and it's the best food you will ever have. It's you get some good great. grub over there, huh? Pardon? So you get some good food over there, right? Yes, very good <laughs> Grub food. is very a word good. we use here. That's probably not a Canadian <laughs> word. Sorry about that. So what's your favorite food over there? Uh, usually salmon. The salmon is yeah. right on point. It's really good. Okay. Mm. Mia, what about you? I mean, now it's been two years, but uh, your first trip down here, what were your thoughts? Um, I would have to say probably the same thing, like just the amount of resources, the facilities, just like how, how student athletes get treated down here. My brother, he actually just recently went to University of Toronto and for football and the athletics there, like the treatment and the resources and stuff he was getting there was so different to what I got here. He was asking me how to build his like school schedule, and I was like, I don't even know how I do this. Like, even in the universe for two years, I'm like, oh, I have Kylie, who's our ac academic advisor, who helps us do that whole thing. Just amazing the amount of resources we have and how many people we have to help us with like certain things, like something like a class schedule. Yeah, or whatever finding a it class is. And, yeah. and scheduling classes. You're never don't... going through anything alone. Like you always have someone there to support you if you need it. 
That is that that you're right. That is a very cool deal, and 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 being able to schedule practices or I mean schedule classes or labs around practices mm -hmm. and your and games and that sort of thing. So, you guys came down here. What's the? I want to start with you, Bella. I mean, when you started practicing, mm -hmm. what is the first thing you said? Wow, I've got to get better at X. I definitely had to say like just being faster on the ball because when you come here everyone is way better than like your original team these are like the best girls in the country really like we have some amazing players here and just the speed of play was 10 times faster than what I was used to playing with so it definitely was just like catching up the speed and make sure I, get, I got the ball off my feet a lot quicker so do you I mean you've got Jordan Gunnarsson over there mm -hmm. who's who is uh, uh, a, I guess redshirt freshman I guess Jordan is her second year second here. year right uh, <clears throat> excuse me and and then and then of course you've got a very experienced uh, player in Kenna Caldwell uh, back there. Have they been? Have they kind of given you pointers? Been been a help to you and and as you go through the season in this learning experience? Yeah, it's definitely been really nice to have, especially Kenna up there being such a experienced senior, being up there and just being like, hey, like if you do this better and this better, you can really up your game a little bit. So it's really cool to actually watch her play and being like, oh wow, like she does all these like things that are maybe a little different than me, like the way she like kicks her kick balls and like kicks goal, goal kicks and things like that are a little different than how I do. I'm like, wow, I can really take that from her game. So I yeah. think it's been really cool to have such an experienced senior to kind of like look up to. Good. Mm -hmm. You had a great experience this summer going down to Costa Rica. I know it didn't turn out for the, for the U20 Canadian team like you guys wanted it to turn out, but it has still had to be a great experience going down there and playing in the U-20 World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, every opportunity I get to like represent Canada has always been, like, I've always dreamed of it as a kid, so I never take those opportunities for granted. Like, playing at the top level, we played against Japan, France, all these teams that are, like, I've never played against a team better than, like, the Japanese. They were incredible. Like, everything they did was so perfect and I was just like in awe like I had so much respect for them playing against them that's just one example but you're playing with people from Canada that are the best of the best from Canada and they all are on top universities around the states so it's just cool to get to go and back you played play you started all three games mm -hmm. at right back right left back. left back okay. left back it's okay <laughs> no you're right of course yeah yeah that would make sense at left back and so was that a you know, was that an adjustment for you when you came back to campus and now you're, of course, you're back at, at midfield? Was that hard? Was that, that take a little bit of adjustment for you? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I feel like for me, when I went anywhere on the sides for me, I'm pretty comfortable. I like to be on the sides and just like really run up, <laughs> I go up and down the sidelines. But um, it is a bit of an adjustment. I feel like for me, it was a bit of a more adjustment for me to go back to the fullback role because the last, my freshman season here, I was playing wide forward. So I think it was harder for me to go back into the fullback role, but I was able to pick it up quite quickly. Well, as always, and this always happens to us, we always run over when we start talking to y'all because it's so much fun. And and I uh, want to thank you guys. I know this is the You know, one, one thing before we finish yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. So it, I, it's, a, it's just a funny coincidence how really good people, really good uh, young ladies come from really good families. And these are, these are two great examples. So why don't you guys tell, tell the folks what your parents do for, uh, for a living. So uh, Mia, you want to talk about your mom and dad? 
Okay, sure. Yeah, okay, so my mom and dad, my dad's a firefighter, and then my mom's a dental hygienist, so they both, I guess, work with helping Help, people. Helping people. Yeah, yeah, helping people in the healthcare and, like, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and Bella? Bella, what about you? Uh, my dad runs Phillips Brewing in Victoria. So it's He's a, a brewer. Oh. brewer. And then my mom was an interior designer and is now a stay-at-home mom. And they're going to be here this coming week, is that right? This coming week, tomorrow. All right, so we yeah. will have... We'll have our brewer in town to meet you and Phil this week. Absolutely. And, I'm uh, all over there. But again, great, great people. And uh, again, evidence again that these are two of the, just the finest people you're ever yep. going to meet. So thank you for being here, girls. Yep. And uh, you'll see these guys, so number 35 and number 13 for uh, for the Aggies this year and for, for a long time. You bet. And uh, Bella, your dad just became my new best friend. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We'll be right back right after this. All right, we are back. It's the Aggie Soccer Hour here at Rudy's Barbecue on Harvey Road. I'm David Ellis. Alongside is uh, head coach at Texas A&M, G. Guerrero. Hope you enjoyed uh, the uh, conversation there. They're nice girls, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Bella Lister and Mia Pante. And that always, I, I say it every week, but it's always true. Uh, my favorite part of the program is, is talking to these players because they've all, they are, uh, you and Phil uh, recruit, uh, some wonderful, wonderful soccer players who also happen to be wonderful, wonderful people. And I, and I know it's because that's part of the thing you look for. Uh, exactly. Look the, chemistry, for players. the chemistry of the team is, uh, is what keeps it, keeps it moving and uh, keeps it going forward or sinks it. And uh, so it's, especially in women's athletics, um, I think chemistry is, is even more important than, um, than, than it is on the men's side. And, and that's most just because you know guys are we're we're a little more thick-headed and we don't we don't think as deeply as as women do and we're not as smart as women and so it just makes it to where on the women's side it's it's really 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 important and and right now it, it, you know that was the thing we talked about um, in the the latter part of the LSU game the latter, the last five minutes of the which turned the game for us against Ole Miss was that chemistry and the belief in each other, the love they have for each other, is what kind of pulls them through those fires. And uh, it, it's fun to see. And that, those are the personalities of the people. You can see it whenever you're around them, just what good people they are. And speaking of good people, one of the, one of the good, really good people on the team uh, received uh, some, uh, an award uh, in the SEC this week. You want right. to talk about Miley, that? Miley Hayes was the, is the, this week's offensive uh, most valuable player in the SEC, which is well-deserved. Scored, uh, scored a goal in the LSU game, scored the winning goal in the Ole Miss game, and then also had, uh, had an assist in, in Laney Carroll's goal. So uh, a super weekend for her. You know, and she works so hard, and really she's another one who's benefact been a benefactor of just the, the little shifts that we've been able to make in this game for this this team and that game for that team that we've been able to make to uh, highlight some of the, the strengths of the players and her work rate and her ability to hold the ball and include more people in the game has, has really been you know a big part of our of our success this month. Yeah, it was good to see her uh, get cranked up this past week, and I know there's more to come. Uh, so if we looked at the uh, results from last week, of course, Texas A&M, as we mentioned, a tie against LSU and then that great uh, victory against Ole Miss uh, on Sunday afternoon 
in Oxford. Uh, Thursday night, also uh, Arkansas, uh, narrow victory over Florida. Florida still looking for their first win in the SEC. Uh, and Arkansas pulled it out on the road, and then uh, we had Auburn over Kentucky, Tennessee, which was a big win for Auburn. That's yes, Auburn's was. first win in, in the in the league, and so they had a really good weekend. Yes, uh, they Auburn did. Auburn did, who ironically is our opponent this Friday. Yeah. Um, but really, for, for them to go on the road and get a three-one win at Kentucky is uh, was was a, a good turnaround for them. Yeah, and then they won again on Sunday against Mississippi State, one to nothing. Big win. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina, speaking on, on Mississippi State, they uh, dropped two this past weekend. Both of them one to nothing. Uh, South Carolina on Thursday night, and again uh, uh, Auburn on uh, on Sunday. Well, Mississippi State is is really uh, suffering from uh, some some injuries right now. They're uh, they're experiencing a little bit of what we've experienced, and just that all of a sudden, when you're in the middle of SEC play, which is so competitive and so ferocious, and in, in the the just the competitive nature of every game, and now. For for them, they lost their goalkeeper, and they lost uh, they've lost a few other key players in their defense and in their midfield. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, it, it makes it to where um, the machine doesn't roll quite as, as easily as it did. And you know, they've they've been able they've had a great season, their best season in, in a long, long, long time. So uh, you know, they're they're feeling right now. They're they had a bit of a target on their back this past weekend, and um, you know, you can't it's it's hard to limp into some of these games. And expect to get a win, and uh, yep. th- they're experiencing that right now. Well, uh, speaking of rolling, as you were uh, about about uh, Mississippi State, uh, Alabama continues to roll. They're now ranked number two in the country. Beat Ole Miss uh, four to one on Thursday, and then just uh, rolled over LSU five to nothing on Sunday. Yep, they are they are playing with a with a lot of confidence and. Uh, you know it'll be interesting because they they've got we'll talk about it later but they've got a they've got a big game this weekend that will be uh, yes you know could determine the uh, the regular season uh, championship and we'll see how how that all that rolls but but they're doing well Georgia uh, and Vanderbilt uh, a tie on uh, on Thursday and then Georgia went on the road and lost to Tennessee two uh, nothing on Sunday so uh, Tennessee with with two wins two two nothing wins so Tennessee's kind of righted their ship a little bit. Um, and are, are moving forward. So what's happening is there's the, the league is starting to all kind of condense onto itself. The West in the West specifically has just been tearing it up. And yeah. the, uh, the Western teams, you know, one of the things about us having a Western division championship and an Eastern division champion, uh, the debate has always been, well, it's not fair because the East division is stronger or the West division is stronger. And what we found in the 10 years that we've been in the SEC is that that's flipped a few times on um, which is one stronger than the other it, more times than not um it really balanced out you know it was for the longest time it was texas a&m and florida at the top of both of those south carolina got good now arkansas has gotten good now you know all these other teams have the the bottom of the league has risen and uh it's made it to where every single week is a is a dogfight but what so you've got RPIs now? For- yeah, the RPI, uh, the updated RPI came out yesterday, and uh, Texas A&M RPI is now 27, which is uh, good. They remember there are 348 Division One women's soccer teams in the country, and uh, uh, as I've explained before, RPI measures your win percentage, the people, the 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 quality of the opponent that you play, the win percentage of your of your opponent and the opponent's opponent and whether you won on the road or lost on the road or tied or whatever and whether it was at home the whole deal and it's 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 really what it's the 
the preeminent measure, I think, that the NCAA uses when they start to pick at-large teams. Uh, so Texas, it, it, because it's the, it's it's one of the only ways when you have 348 teams yeah. that you that you can have any kind of scientific yeah. Yeah. Um, comparison. And strength of schedule goes into that. Uh, so interestingly enough, G was just talking about this: the difference between the SEC West and the SEC East. And the this year, the SEC West is by a large margin stronger than the SEC East. If you look at the RPIs of the teams in the SEC West. You have Alabama ranked third in the RPI, Arkansas ranked sixth, A&M 27th, LSU 35, Mississippi State 39, Auburn 40, and Ole Miss 51. Okay? Now, you look at the SEC East. The top team in the SEC East is South Carolina, and they're ranked 10th. That would be third in the West. That would be third in the West. Uh, The uh, Tennessee is ranked second in the East in RPI with 29. Uh, A&M, if they were in the East, we would have the second best RPI in the East. And then you've got followed by Georgia at 43, Vanderbilt at 55, which is lower than the lowest team in the East, and they're in the middle of the pack. Excuse me, lower than the lowest team in the West, and they're in the middle of the pack in the East. Missouri's 88, Kentucky's 117, George, uh, Florida is 193. So the average RPI in the East is 76. The West, the average RPI is 29. Gives you just some of this differential that exists between the strength of uh, the teams in the West versus the strength of the teams uh, in the well, East. Well, and people ask, so you know, A&M is we're one four and one in the uh, in the SEC right now, halfway through. You know, how are you guys, you know, so high nationally? And it really it comes down to the games that we were able to schedule and the games we were able to win in our non-SEC portion of the uh, of the season. So I think you've got some highlighted... highlighted. Uh, yeah, you look at the A&M opponents and the kind of schedule that uh, that you guys put together. Uh, we played the third-ranked team, the sixth-ranked team, the tenth-ranked team, the 17th, the 19th, the 20th, the 35th, the 39th, the 40th, the 43rd, and the 51st already. And any any result against a top fifty team is considered a very positive result, right? A top, uh, and against the top twenty five is really good, yeah. and then twenty six to twenty six to fifty, fifty one to to seventy five, yeah. all that. And so there are different tiers of it. And because we were we've been so strong in in our non conference, and now hopefully now that we've we've turned the corner in the season. Yes, that's why you know usually it's the teams in the top 50 that have the best chance of getting into the NCAA tournament. Right. And so if you look at the schedule we've got coming up, we've got Auburn, which is top 40 team this Friday night. And uh, then we go on the road to South Carolina, which is a top 10 team in the RPI uh, next Thursday. And so, I mean, we've got oppor- – what I'm saying is we've got opportunities in front of us. And uh, Yeah, but we also have well. have must situations too. Absolutely. I mean, the Auburn game is really big because um, currently they are right ahead of us in the SEC standing. So a win for us on Friday would mean that we would step even with them, which also would mean we would have the tiebreaker over them. So right. And last year, I mean, they they throttled us. They beat us three nothing. Um, scored on a free kick from about sixty five yards and two free kicks from twelve yards with no one able to move until the ball was struck, two penalty right. kicks. Right. So, um, and, but we had no shots on goal. We were, that was when we were at the bottom of our, yeah. of our road as far as all of our injuries and stuff like that. So we've been looking forward to, you know, hopefully we can 
come out and put, put together a better performance than we did last year in Auburn. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about Auburn, and uh, we'll get everything back on schedule. You're listening to the Aggie Soccer Hour here at Rudy's Barbecue on Harvey Road. We'll be right back right after this. All right, we're back. It's the sprint to the finish here, the Aggie Soccer Hour. I'm David Ellis alongside his Texas A&M head coach, G. Guerrero. A couple of last questions here that uh, we've been, we've got a lot of them tonight. And by the way, we've got a, a great meet, audience tonight. Got, yeah, it is. And thank you all for coming out. We don't say that enough, but uh, appreciate it. Uh, since we have three Canadians uh, on the team, are we scheduling a future road trip to Washington State? Well, actually, we do play Washington State next year in the uh, first weekend at Ellis Field. Okay, so next year uh, we on the the opening weekend we have uh, Florida State, and then we have Washington State as our first two games. That's a humdinger of a weekend to start <laughs> yeah. to start out with. So yeah, all right, wow, okay, uh, but no return trip on the books. No, 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 we we don't have to return, which is kind of nice. I wouldn't mind taking the team. Uh, it, it, those of you, if you haven't been to Vancouver, I mean, it is it is a, a beautiful city. It, it's a, and now that they've they have freedom again up there, and you don't have to go through a lot of the the protocols, the COVID stuff. Um, it's it's even better. You can go into restaurants, you can look at people and talk to people and and uh, see their faces. And the, I mean, it's you've got the mountains, you got Whistler right above, you've got the the ocean, you've got. I mean, it's just a beautiful city. It really is. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to take the team up there sometime. Now, the last question, uh, whose idea was it to go to a Japanese restaurant Saturday? I, who makes those decisions? Well, it probably was our, our dietitian. I yeah. mean, uh, Margot Newman is our, is our full-time dietitian who works with us. She works with Kurt Magnuson, who's our director of operations, but ended up being a, a lot of fun. Yes, it was. And I was very concerned when I heard about that's where we we're going to eat. I thought, you know, I mean, I figured it was going to be sushi, and I don't eat bait. And so I thought... <laughs> Well, I was a little worried about sushi in the middle of Mississippi. Would, yeah, like, that's the other thing. That's not, you know, if you think sushi, you don't necessarily think Mississippi. But uh, anyway, so, uh, but it turned out we had shrimp and steak. I don't know. I can't remember what you had. I had a filet, was, I had a filet mignon. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was. It was very, very good. Same show that you see, same choo-choo show and all that kind of stuff yeah, by yeah. the uh, by the hibachi chef. But they were, it was great. And the girls had a great time and um, really set the mood for uh from, from that point on, really a lot of smiles all the way through the, the rest of the trip. It was. It was a lot of fun. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Auburn. Uh, got some good players on the team. You mentioned that they've got like 12 different players that have scored goals. A&M, by the way, has 15 different players that have scored goals. But uh, they're 6-3-5 and five on the year. They don't allow very many goals. they got Matty no, well, Prohaska back there still. Yeah, well, Karen Hoppe is, uh, you know, I think she's been there for almost 25, maybe more than 25 years. Um really accomplished coach really i mean she is if you watch her in a game and you watch the the way the team is i mean the 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 passion of the team it starts with her and the way that she just is all in all the time and uh former big time college goalkeeper and you know they're always going to be strong in defense they're always going to be good in goal and it's no exception right now maddie prohaska has, has been a, a super player for them they don't give up much they've, they've got two Two stalwarts as far as two senior center backs. They've got a senior on the left side who used to play as a forward with Whitaker. You've got um, Colson on the right side who's a freshman but also crazy athletic. Um, uh, Haddock, number four for them, 
is one of the really special players in the league. And then they've got some they've got some new players there. Well, Sidney Richards is a former high school All American from here in the state of Texas. But then one of the kids, oh, I I really I think is a exciting player to watch. I I don't want to see her be very exciting on Friday. Is a, is Carly Thatcher? They're number seven, really quick, electric type of uh, a forward. So again, I think just like we said last week with the LSU game, I, I imagine that this is going to be a a really hard fought, attractive game. Um, both teams really want to put the ball on, but both teams play at a uh, at a breakneck speed. So it should be. It's it's a it's a big big game and I I think it's two teams that um, are both on the rise so it's it, it'll be uh, again for the neutral it should be a, a super game. Well, in their 14 games this season, uh, they have five shutouts and the other games they have not given up more than one goal. They've given up eight goals total uh, on the season. They don't score a lot, uh, which is surprising actually. Yeah, uh, with the firepower they have. Uh, one game against UMass Lowell, they scored four, and then they beat Southern Miss nine to nothing in the second game of the year. But outside of that, they only have one other game where they scored more than one goal. Mm-hmm. So they they've lost a lot of one to nothing games, and they won a lot of one to nothing games. And and again, I mentioned Maddie Prochaska, zero point five nine goals against average. So she's a pretty special player. Yeah, and there'll be a lot of stuff going on on Friday night for for a lot of people uh, who don't know. It'll be our alumni reunion weekend. So we have um, there'll be I think so far we've had about 88 of our former players who have RSVP'd that they'll be back. Some, you know, All-Americans, some All-Conference players, lots and lots of uh, players who helped to win championships for Texas A&M over the years, going all the way back to 1993 and beyond. And so it's uh, it, that for me, that's exciting to be able to see them. Uh, and then when you throw in their kids and their families, we'll have about 225 uh you know, in that group that'll all be, they'll be at the game on Friday. They'll be introduced at halftime of the, of the match on Friday. And then we have some uh, reunion activities going on on Saturday. With it not being a football weekend, we kind of have our run of the place. So it's, it's kind of fun. Absolutely. All right. Uh, be able to watch it on SEC Plus. If you can't make it out there, you can also be able to listen to it on the 12th Man mobile app. It will not be on radio. It's a stream only. But come on out to Ellis Field. Uh, this team deserves your support. And you have such a big impact on the game. All righty, I'm supposed to tell you at this particular moment that this copyrighted broadcast is an exclusive presentation of Learfield IMG College under broadcasting rights granted by Texas A&M University. Reuse of this presentation is prohibited without the express written consent of Texas A&M University and Learfield IMG College. Announcers are provided by Learfield IMG College and Texas A&M University. For G. Guerrero, I'm David Ellis. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.